Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Watson's Chapel podcast. We are super excited. You guys are joining us again. This week, we'll be answering some feedback. We'll be talking about the Lord's Prayer and continuing on the importance of prayer. If you have any comments or questions, email us at media at watsonschapel.net. But other than that, here we go. What's up, guys? Welcome to the WCBC Podcast. I'm Hunter. I'm Alan. And here we are with episode two. Hey, we're super excited. Uh, Here we are. We've made it through week one. Now we are in week two. So before we even dive into week two with our intro or anything, let's kind of recap what we talked about last week. And so with last week, we talked about prayer. Alan, do you what, what do you recall last week we talked about? So last week, as, as we, you know, just tried to... Uh, talk and educate and get folks aware of the fact of the resources that are available to Christians today. And uh, one of the most underutilized resources is prayer, and that's one thing that we're going to draw attention to. Hopefully last week got some good feedback. Uh, hope to build on that feedback this week and just to continue on with uh, how do you utilize prayer to, to become a stronger Christian. Absolutely. I mean, that, that was perfect right there. Um, another thing, too, we talked about last week was that one of our goals in this podcast is to be able to help people by answering their questions. And by hearing people's questions, we're hearing feedback. And so I, I all I know is this is I checked it today, and we've had like 100-something downloads. I mean, that, that is awesome. My expectations were blown out of the roof it's exciting when you uh, when you stop and think about the fact that you know we study god's word we learn god's word and it's more than just to to, to live and be an example but to try to teach and and and, and encourage others and and to see that that's happening digitally i mean it just blows my mind absolutely and it was even encouraging that you know like last week you know we were trying to get our sound right we even have people come up to us um in an encouraging loving way to say hey, keep working on your sound, and like a pat on the back. And so, hey, guys, we're hoping that this week the sound quality is a little bit better. And for all our listeners out there, Hunter is on his own on this. I am zero help. (laughs) Over here trying to multitask. But, hey, this feedback, let's jump back to this. So last week I remember I sent the podcast uh, to Chris Rop, and Chris listened to it and instantly sent me a bunch of feedback. And some of the feedback in the comments and the things that he said is going to be our intro for this week. Absolutely. And so Chris said, and he brought it back up, that last week, me and Alan, we talked about this thought of not feeling like praying. Yeah. And as we go through and we start to get more developing and kind of knock some of the rough edges off of our podcast and start to develop it a little more, this cutting-edge information that comes back to us is what we want to focus on. Where, yeah. where are we at? What are, what, what are we living in? What are we facing today? What's our church members facing? Uh, what do we need to, what do we need to uh, strengthen? So uh, uh, absolutely, this feedback is very important. And yep. to those of you listening, if you have comments, please send them to us. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't agree with that even anymore. Uh, so Chris, like he said, he, he talked about this point of, we talked about feeling like praying. So of course... I sent it to Alan, and we were like, all right, let's talk let's about go with it. this feeling uh, like not praying. So when we hear that phrase, oh, well, man, I just don't feel like praying, like something's within me. I want to pray, but, man, I'm just tired, all of these things. So, Alan, what does it mean when a person says, I don't feel like praying? Well, coming from me personally, uh, when I think about uh my range of of feelings and emotions and things that affect those man alive that's a great big bucket of different uh elements that affect me as a person okay so sometimes if uh, if i've uh, you know ate something that didn't agree with me i don't feel well physically or maybe there's uh, something going on in me uh on a i don't know a chemical level where there's some uh, things out of balance that's you know maybe needs a, a, a doctor's help and that's that's real and we know that people out there that are listening to this podcast are battling that and they need a doctor's help to keep that under control but what we want to emphasize today is that there are certain scriptural elements 
that apply to us despite, maybe not not despite, maybe because of, even even in the midst of, I'd say would be the best way of saying it, a resource to help us through those times. Yeah. And uh, prayer would be the number one resource Absolutely. that no matter how I feel. Yeah. That I, I tap into that resource and I exercise my faith and I depend on God in those yeah. times when, man alive, I'm sad or man alive, I'm tired or man alive, I'm upset or angry uh, or things are going on that nobody else knows about and I'm kind of a introvert and I don't talk to a lot of people about it. Well, that's okay too. You can talk to God about anything. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one thing that we want to encourage as, as we talk about prayer and our feelings. If you guys have, have, have ever been in a church service with me, you understand that man, my, my feelings are just very, they're, they're right there on the surface. Mm. Right? <laughs> but here's the thing. The Holy Spirit will also produce within me as an individual. I mean, it affects, the Holy Spirit affects everybody differently. But, but the Holy Spirit within me as an individual will produce emotion. Yeah. I have to be careful that I don't get addicted to that emotion and I'm depending upon the emotion and not the Holy Spirit and not God. So, uh, but again, God made me, God understands me. Yeah. I don't have to explain who I am. God sees my heart. And then we talked about last week, the most important element of prayer is the condition of the heart. Yeah. Not the condition of my brain or my IQ or uh, the what kind of chemical imbalances I've got going on that yeah. day. It doesn't matter. What matters is the condition of my heart, and God knows that above all and better than anybody could know. Yeah, and I mean, feeling and emotions, I mean, we were created by God, and so the fact that we have feelings and we have emotions, I mean, God gave us those. Now, we have to understand that because of Genesis 3, our feelings and our emotions are flawed, but when we think about, you know, feeling like not praying. Um, today, I, I just kept thinking about, uh, you know, that question. And I, I had a text that came to my mind, and it's in Matthew 26, 41. And Jesus uh, has gone into the prayer or into the garden to pray, and he's brought his disciples. And, you know, he leaves them kind of behind him. He goes further in to pray, and he tells them to pray. So all of a sudden, and this is Matthew 26, 40, and he said, when he came to his disciples and found them sleeping, he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Absolutely. And so that's what I thought, you know, when a person is at a point where they know within themselves, I need to pray. I have a desire within me to pray, but then there's also this other side of them that's like, well, I'm too tired or maybe I don't feel like praying. Well, the spirit is willing, willing. And I mean, that's what's within us. You know, the Holy Spirit was uh, apart, you know, departed. God shed it abroad. You know, he put it within us. Um, and so there's something within us that wants us to pray. So it's almost like the Spirit of God is within us, leading us Absolutely. to where we need to be in that moment, which is prayer. And that's one thing that we really need to pay attention to is let the Spirit lead us because there's one thing that will make us not feel like praying. That's yeah. That's sin. That's unconfessed sin. And Satan, at his work, at doing his best, yes. is what he does is to keep us from communicating with our Savior. Yeah. And the, the fact that that sin that is a separator between us and God, if it's unconfessed, uh, Satan has us exactly where he wants us. Yeah. And, and I think the evil one can definitely play, uh, I mean, a part in that. Uh, you know, I even think when Jesus told Peter, he said, Satan wished to sift you, you know, to lead you away, to take you away. And so as believers, you know, here's the question. Does Satan still attack believers? Yes. Because here's the thing. He doesn't have to attack lost people because they're already absolutely lost in darkness, as the scriptures would say. And so absolutely the evil one's out there to deceive us and to draw us away, especially from communicating with God. And so, but then I started thinking about, you know, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. And so then I started thinking last night in our college small group, we discussed Galatians 5. And if any of you listeners are familiar, Galatians 5 talks about freedom in Christ, but at the bottom half, it starts talking about the spirit and the flesh go against each other. And so I also started thinking of like that Galatians 5, but also a Romans 7. Paul, I do the things that I don't want to do for what I, I do. I don't do any, he uses the word do a bunch. Mm -hmm. But there's this emphasis of there's 
a part of us, you know, that we want to serve the law of God, but we see within ourselves, as Paul says, another law. And, and so that flesh and the spirit, they're colliding. And so when you find yourself in a place of, man, I don't feel like praying, but I want to pray, I think you're right there in the midst you're of You're right where you the, need in, to be because yeah. of the, the, the main, Scripture is full of uh, references to the uh, spiritual warfare that takes place uh, Old Testament, New Testament today in our own lives that as we are, you know, made in the image of God, saved by His grace, have the Holy Spirit within us so that when God sees us, yeah. He sees us justified, just as if we'd never seen when God, And that's hard for me to get my head around that when God looks at me, He don't see a dirty, rotten, nasty sinner. He sees the blood of Jesus yeah. and, and His righteousness and His holiness. Yeah. And we have the prestigious title in God's eyes as a child of the king, an heir and a joint heir, but we have the responsibility and the job of a servant. Yeah. To serve him, to live for him, and to, to, to honor him with our day-to-day activity, not only in our family and raising our family uh, to, to reverence him and to, to love him, but also in a workplace and in, in, in our in our circles of influence and the people that we come in contact with, that uh, we live that example that they can see Christ in us yeah. because that that uh, experiencing God that has changed us, has made us different, is an opportunity for us to be that living example in front of people yeah. that allow them to experience God through us yeah. and seeing what he can do in a person's life. Yeah, and you know when you have God in your life, and when God is in a person's life, it makes all the difference. Because even when you find yourself in that moment of you feel led one way, you feel led another way. Well, ultimately, you you have God in your life, and you have God on your side. And ultimately, if you have God, well, you have His Holy Spirit. Well, then you have access into the freedom and the strength that Christ, His strength was made perfect in our weakness. Absolutely. And when we when we talk about Paul, and it's been the things I don't want to do that I'll find up. I catch myself doing them every time. Yeah. You know, it's so human. It's so yeah. relatable, and I can put myself in Paul's position because man, I love God. And I appreciate what he's done for me, but yet I find myself, you know, making mistakes and doing things that I know better. And I'm like, man, God, please forgive me. That desire in me yeah. is what makes me, even though sometimes I don't feel like it, yeah. I have to intentionally, on purpose, make an effort to be where God's at, to put myself in a position where I can experience his love and his grace and his mercy. And that puts me on a plane now where when I'm faced with those, okay, fork in the road, how are you going to act, Alan? Are you going to fly off the handle, or are you going to be godly? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you said that phrase right there. Then we are brought to a place where we need to be intentional with making that commitment. So, Alan, that brings us to this next question. So what should we do if we don't feel like praying? Should we not pray? Should we pray more? Well, I mean, what, what do you think about that? So it depends on who you want to win that battle. When we're talking about spiritual warfare, bingo. Okay, who 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 you want to win? Uh, who comes out victorious in that? And I've I've heard the old analogy: there's there's two wolves that live inside of me, and yeah. uh, which they're they're fighting over control, and which one? Well, the one that you feed, the one that you nurture, the one yeah. that you that's the one that's going to win. So uh, if you want uh, Christ to have uh, preeminence in your life and and have that uh, uh, God's not my co-pilot, He's my pilot mentality. You need to spend time in prayer to Him, feeding your spiritual soul and, and, and encouraging that inner man to depend on Him. And uh, you've uh, you said it in one of your messages how that uh, our hearts, as our that, that place that God's made for Him to occupy, when we should thirst after Him just like a a, a thirsty deer does after water. Yeah. And I love that verse about a thirsty deer seeking water. I mean, that's, that's just a great verse. It's a great image. And so uh, when I kind of look at this question of should we not pray, should we pray more, this is me. I feel like we should absolutely pray more. If I have realized in a moment that there's a weakness developing where I'm like, man, I, I, I don't want to pray, I don't feel like praying, well, then all of a sudden... I should be like, uh-oh, 
something's not right. Red light. Yeah, red light. And then it should bring me to a place where, man, I, I find myself before my knees saying, Jesus, you know, Lord, God, however you start your prayer off, just saying, I'm in a place right now where there's a part of me who doesn't want to pray and then you confess it to the Lord. You should take that weakness to Him and let you know acknowledge Him. Because here's the thing: the Lord ultimately knows the heart of a man, the mind of a man. But like we talked about last week, acknowledgement. Absolutely. And so for me to bring my weakness before Him and acknowledge Him in that and confess that to Him, saying, "Lord, here's something. Help me to decrease, as John says, so you can increase." I think that's important. And so if anyone's listening to this, and maybe you find yourself uh, maybe consistently like, I'm so tired, you know, I don't want to pray, but I do want to pray. And then also, Alan, I've heard people that, you know, they'll be like, well, sometimes I don't pray because I don't want to rob God of having a bad intention in that time. And my thing about that is like, you know, that's great that you want to respect God. But my thing is, is like we said, if I've realized there's a red flag in the moment, I need to take it to him and not try to, you know, I feel like the enemy in the flesh would want you to not pray to him in that moment so you can be took away somewhere else. And so we need to pray more when when it comes to that question. And Satan's the key of subtlety. And when we talk about his devices and the things that he uses, uh, procrastination is one of the biggest tools that he uses. Uh, not telling you not to pray or not just not right now or not, you just wait till later. And then that starts to snowball into, well, it's been two days, three days. I ain't prayed since church. And the next thing you know, that's the only time I pray is when somebody's, you know, praying. Yeah. I don't, I don't ever pray on my own. I only, only pray during church. And when you, you, you get to a, place of spiritual development we talked about sanctification last week yep. on, the, on the podcast as you become more set apart and more developed and god is wanting to come alive more in your life and use you in different areas that proactive approach where i am recognizing the holy spirit early on in those warning he promised us in his word you know yeah. there's going to there's always going to be that prompting of the holy spirit to 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 Leads not to, I'm going to get ahead of us. Yeah. Leads not to temptation. That Holy Spirit's going to help you. Now, it's up to us as individuals because we're free moral agents. Yeah. Do we listen to that or do we turn a deaf ear to it? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that's kind of all we had for that question. And uh, we again, Chris, hey, we really appreciate the feedback. If there's anyone else out there that listens to this and you have some feedback, Maybe you have a question, or maybe there's something we're talking about in the scriptures that you don't understand. Let us know. Absolutely. Media, hey, you can email us at media at watsonschapel.net. Uh, Chris just messaged me. I mean, if you go to church with us, come up and talk to us about it um, because we want to help people understand things. We all have questions. And like I said, it's either maybe our pride gets in the way we don't ask or maybe we don't know who to ask and so me and Alan are here to say we're not the smartest guys in the whole world but we will take time and we will study out and we want to help you guys find answers to your questions and so with that being said hey we're going to continue the importance of prayer and so we're going to be in Matthew 6 and so if you got your Bibles with you uh, maybe you're at home if you're driving do not Uh, but we're going to be in Matthew 6 And we're going to continue. Last week, we um, talked about the first part of what the Lord said. You know, like we said, usually when you hear the the term the Lord's Prayer, you know, you think, oh, well, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah, but Jesus gave, like, basically the do's and the don'ts of prayer before that. So we talked about, you know, not praying like a hypocrite, uh, not praying repetitive prayers. We also talked about people who used to pray to be seen. But then we went over to like the do's and we talked about praying in secret, praying with a sincere heart. And then we ended it with he knows before we even ask. And so um, we're going to continue. And this week we're actually going to start the Lord's Prayer. And so we're going to be in verse 9 and I'm going to read for us. And this is the ESV. So pray then like this. Now, if you remember in Luke 11, we talked about this last week, the disciples asked Jesus, according to Luke's gospel, Teach us how to pray. So then he says, well, then pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed 
be your name. So before me and Alan, we start talking about this, I want to go ahead, and we have the word hallowed in this. And I don't know about you all, but until I studied what this word meant, um, I encourage you guys, if you ever find a word in the scriptures, look it up. Do a word study so that way it can help you understand what you're trying to learn better. So this word hallow, which we always reference off Greek definitions and try to find the, the Greek word out of the Greek translation. So the word hallow, your number reference was like G37. And it says to make holy, render, acknowledge, consecrate things to God. And so here, I'll read these with these words. So our Father in heaven, uh, you know, we make holy your name. We render your name. We acknowledge your name. And we consecrate things to you. So, Alan, this verse 9, what is important? Like, when you read this, what sticks out to you? What are you thinking? So, just like your example that you gave uh, on the, uh, our first episode, it's a acknowledgement that I understand who you are, God, and I understand the position that you occupy. And the source of all of my goodness and all of my... Uh, possessions and all that I have my it's it comes from you yeah and uh, I recognize that and uh, again it, it, this this model prayer I think for a lot of my Christian life as I read it I looked at it as a uh, kind of a a simplistic and kept it that way kept it you know yeah. God's our father yeah he's our father but boy I tell you what I can look at my earthly father and I respected him and I understood who he was, and when he said something, he meant it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, because of the relationship that I have with my earthly father, I can look at God as my heavenly father and then put that into perspective and say, man, I know my earthly father loved me, but just to let myself and my spirit meditate on how much God loves me and the fact that he uh, willingly gave his only son that I could have that opportunity to get to know him in this fashion man prayers it's an it's an awesome privilege to have to be able to speak to him and just to share our thoughts with him and understanding who he is uh, I think that's what hallowing God uh, to me represents yeah and, and you said it too right there when you talked about the aspect of a father looking at him as a father. That, that's exactly where my mind ran, is that when you see this verse of our Father in heaven, you know, Jesus isn't trying to just say, you know, God's in heaven. There's this thought in this essence right here of acknowledgement. So, like, here on earth, you know, I, I have a father, I have a dad, and when I speak to him out of respect and out of acknowledgement and out of realizing who he is, I refer to him as my dad. He is my father. You know, when he gives me commands or he tries to give me guidance, I give him respect by looking at him. Absolutely. And so that's the same thing with God is that when we say, and when Jesus says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, there's this lesson of it's like I talked about last week that I used to pray with such a simple mindset of, you know, what's up, God, and then it changed. Well, it's not that my prayer style changed. It was that my reverence toward God changed. Okay, now let's look at this from, from this point of view, Hunter. Uh, when you were one year old, yeah, did you reverence your dad? Oh, you, didn't really, you didn't really know he was your dad. You know, he was the guy that hung around all the time. Yeah. You've seen him every day, and yeah. he was kind of, you know, there for you. As you start to mature— now let's take this to the spiritual level. As a new Christian starts to mature and sanctify in growth, they understand just like we understand our fathers now. Yeah. Everything I needed when I was in diapers, my dad provided for me. Yep. Didn't understand that then. Same thing as a young Christian. When I first got saved, I just, you know, this is pretty simplistic, so please don't judge me. But <laughs> when I first got saved, I didn't want to go to hell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had pretty basic motives back then. Yeah. And as I start developing and becoming more grounded in Scripture and start reading it more, start praying more, start yeah. spending time alone with God, I start understanding, man, I got a whole lot more than just a, a free ticket out of hell. I got everything that I'll ever need. The Bible talks about it. It's, it's, it's mine. 
Yeah. He'll never forsake me, never leave me. Uh, He'll always be there for me and provide for my needs. Uh, He'll save me, save my house. It's all scriptural promises that we can depend on. Yeah. And and two, which I didn't even think about it like this until we just started talking about this. I also think about, you know, when we think of heaven, like from especially like way back in the old days, people thought of heaven as up. Like I'm on earth. There's the clouds. Somewhere above the clouds is God's kingdom of heaven. Now, we do have this aspect and this this knowledge that heaven is not here, obviously. You know, where God is is where the kingdom is. Absolutely. Um, but when I think about, you know, when we say our Father who are in heaven, I'm not thinking of it as an aspect of, like, looking up. I'm thinking it as the aspect of how great he is like you know I, uh, a text i was thinking uh matthew 5 um 16 this is a reference text you know it says let your light so shine well it says so people can glorify your father who is in heaven and so when we think about you know howling ourselves before god and bowing before god i think in this this aspect of not only are we recognizing who he is, but we're also recognizing who we are, which is way below him. Absolutely. And so when we respect God and we have reverence for God, yeah, I mean, he is in heaven. I mean, he is dwelling above us, but we also know he's omnipresent. He is great. And so that's what comes to my mind is when I am in a place of saying, Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, I respect your name. I bless your name. I'm recognizing I'm below you, and you are above me, and you are greater than I will ever be. Absolutely. And we put limits on God so many times, and I'm going to get off subject. Keep me <laughs> keep me out of the weeds, Hunter. But we put so many <laughs> limits on God. Yeah, yeah. God, you're up there. You stay up there. Yeah. And I'll, I'll holler at you when I need you type of deal. But, man, God's everywhere. He's, he, he's, he's, he's in this room right now. Oh, yeah. I, I mean— and two, we talked about this too a little bit last week. You know, the scripture says that his ear is inclined to us. He's listening. And so when we pray to God, he hears all things. He's everywhere. He hears all things. And so when we bow down before him and recognize him uh, as the biblical creator of God, you know, I think about that it's sweet and it's a savor we're to not, him. We're not bothering him. No. We're not interrupting him. He's He's listening. He's waiting. He loves us that much. Yeah. Guys, I mean, he made a way, you know, he created prayer, you know, not because not he thinks we're annoying, but because he loves us. And, you know, when you think about the word uh, agape, talking about an ultimate, pure, godly love, you know, I can't love anybody like that. And so trying to understand how much God loves me and why he would want to hear me, because listen, I, I I love praying to the Lord, but if there's one thing that I know that I do a lot is I, I complain to Him about my life, and I know He's just sitting there like, "Dude, you're, what are you doing?" But yet He loves me enough to hear that and correct me and, and, and change it. Um, and so when we see our Father in heaven, you know Jesus is teaching us about respecting and giving reverence. Um, to God, And so let's go to ver, uh, verse 10. Um, let me flip back over here to chapter 6. So verse 10 says this, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so obviously, I'll kick this off with, we should always seek for God's will and God's kingdom to come. Now, two, two spec, spectrums of thought come to my mind when we think of your kingdom come. And this is something that people talk about, you know, where is the kingdom of God? Some will say, well, the kingdom's here, the kingdom's there. The king-. I think about it like this. Obviously, when we say your kingdom come, the thought is saying, I pray for the Lord's return, right? I, I pray for the kingdom to come, to receive us, to come and get us sometimes because, you know, I, I see what the earth looks like and I see the lawlessness and all these things. And so sometimes within myself, I'm like, Lord, you know, why don't you, why don't you come on today? You know, bring your kingdom to us. But also, I think about, you know, um, and I'm going to paraphrase where Jesus tells Peter, well, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. And that represents the gospel of spreading. So that's two spectrums of thought that came to my mind when I think about the kingdom is, you know, the kingdom of heaven coming, but also, well, 
the gospels here, and the kingdom is absolutely spreading. And the gospel does its perfect work, right? And it, it changes me as an individual. It changes my attitude. It changes my thoughts. It changes my behavior. It changes the way I interact with people. And by that example and me being a witness, then that might affect somebody else's life, and that might affect somebody else's life. Yeah. And I've, I've said it for years. Uh, if, if, if we're tired of yeah. the crime rate, if we're tired of the things that are going on in our local high schools, if we're tired of the things that are happening in communities, let the church get active. Yeah. Let the church start living their faith, not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. Let, them, let the church start showing the love of Christ, not a phony, yeah. hypocritical type, but a true, honest, sincere concern for people. And you wait and see what happens to the community. You wait yeah. and see what happens to the non-believers that are, you know, yeah. converted. Yeah, and I think however you read this or you think of the kingdom, because, you know, I, I think about that Matthew six thirty three, seek ye first the kingdom of God, okay. Colossians 3, seek the things above. So there's this lesson of seeking the kingdom. And I think whether you're seeking for the kingdom to come, you know, ultimately for the end times revelation, all prophecy to be fulfilled, or you think of it as an aspect of the kingdom of God being advanced on earth through the gospel, we need to pray for Absolutely. the kingdom Absolutely. to come. Absolutely. And, and you, it is a future yeah. event. I mean, the, yeah. the kingdom coming is a future event, but it's also a present, ongoing, yeah. active. Yep. Bingo. And that, that's something we got to pray for. And so it says, Your kingdom come, comma. So there's a continuation in this. Your will be done. And so uh, Pastor Jason actually probably a couple weeks ago wrapped up a whole sermon series on the will of God. And so, Alan, when we pray for the will of God to be done, what what are we exactly praying for? Well, again, that most people, and for a large portion of my life, had have no idea, not yeah. a clue, what God's will is for my life. I understand now that God's... Uh, positioned me here to uh, uh, you know to do some things in the community to, to, yeah. to teach and to to try to be a, a encouragement to some folks uh, but the, the will of God is for each one of us as we you know accept Christ as our Savior that in, in, in dwelling the Holy Spirit and as we have this relationship start yeah man for so long in my life I was just a coaster just yeah. just just gliding through life yep not worried about what i mean didn't know what god's will was for my life and really wasn't interested it really didn't know I, i'd got my you know salvation ticket yep and the sanctification uh you know it's uh, I've, I've used this example uh if sanctification it's a it's an up and down thing if you looked at it on a bar graph it would be kind of a spiky up and down type if it's not an a straight going roller coaster, it, yeah, it's not a straight line, right? Yeah. If it, if you have a straight, if like an EKG, if you have a straight line, what's that mean? Dead. Flat. Meh. Yep. Yep. So when we have an EKG or uh, that uh, the up growth, downturn, hard time, valley experience in your life, up, down, but the trend should be upward. Yeah. Each valley you come out of should strengthen your faith and make you stronger. But the the will of God is found through experiencing God yeah. in an intimate way. Oh, yeah. It's it's reading His Word. Yeah. It's spending time praying. And it, the the will for God, I mean, the Bible has to say, it's, it's not the will of God that any man should perish, but all should have everlasting. And as we, as His people, as a body of believers, as a church, we'll use Watson's Chapel as an example. We should be passionate about yeah. seeing soul safe, about Absolutely. seeing people accept Christ and have that hope that faith that excitement that we've got that should be our goal and in turn it's it 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 just it, it breaks out just like a a, a pebble thrown in a, a a slick glassy lake pebble goes in the breaks that surface tension and a little ripple comes off yep another ripple gets bigger and spreads another ripple gets bigger and it just spreads across the entire surface of the pond yeah and then when you think about the ripples i mean that's just we should pray for God's will to be like that, that it just keeps going and it keeps spreading. And 
we think about the will of God, you know, considering salvation, or what you know, the will of God concerning His Son. You know, it said before the foundations of the earth. So Jesus was predestined; it was foreordained that He would come and die for our sins. Uh, you think about the will of God concerning the church. There's so many different things, and Pastor Jason hit this. I would encourage you guys. It's on Facebook. It might be on our website. I'm not for sure, but if you're interested in the will of God, go check it out. But there's all of these things about the will of God, and I. Used to when I would hear the will of God, I would just think of like one big thing, but in in a sense it is one big thing, the whole will of but there's so many different avenues yep. of like he did this, he did this, he did this. But when you think about the will of God, we should pray for it in all aspects. Um, but when we also think about the church and we think about ourselves, you know, when the will of God, let, let it be done. And I, I think about uh, what Jesus would talk about, and it's uh, Matthew 26, 42, when he says, you know, if it's so, let this cut pass, but, and I'm paraphrasing, let your will be done. And so even Christ himself was praying to the Father and said, let your will be done. So again, if Jesus did it, well, hey, I should be doing it too, because I he is the ultimate example. We want to be like him. And so, therefore, if Jesus is like, hey, let God's will be done, and I will drink this cup, I will take this on, we should have that same mindset to pray for that. And I may beat this sanctification topic to death. If, if, if you get sick hearing me talk about it, just let me know. But a sign of sanctification <laughs> is when you, as an individual, can accept God's will, even if it's different from what you want. Yeah. Example, a good friend of mine I worked with for a long time, uh, known him for 25-plus years, had a, a son, and realized early in this child's life, while it's still an infant, that there's something going on. It's got some health issues. Yeah. Well, the surgery to repair this hole in his heart called for a aortic cross clamp, meaning they had to clamp off the blood supply, oh, wow. go in and sew this hole up the chances of him being paralyzed were astronomical. Going in, and the, the dad knows it, and he comes to me at work, and he says, I want you to pray. I mean, here's the situation I'm in. Yeah. He just goes through all the things I just talked about, and he says, I want you to pray like this. However God gets the most glory, I'll accept his will. Mm. He comes, The child comes through the surgery, and he's paralyzed from the waist down as an infant. You see the young man now, he's a young teenager does everything most teenagers do. Does it differently, but you, every time I've ever seen the kid, the Spirit of God's on him, he's testifying. Uh, I've seen him on, he's been on a couple of hunting shows. Uh, says, I thank God yeah. for saving me. Yeah. So he's, he's got that witness and he's got that ability, uh, even though it's not probably what a dad would choose for his son, it's what God chose for him. Yeah, and, and two, before I even continue this next reference text, um, you know, that just made me think. There's a lot of times in life where thing, there's hard circumstances. Absolutely. And obviously we pray for the positive side of things. But it's one of those things, too, where we can become selfish in that. And I know that's such a hard thing to hear and a hard thing to say, even as I said it. But ultimately, if God's will is for the opposite to happen, then there's a purpose behind that. And that's all the more emphasis on the necessity for sanctification to where i'm in a spiritual condition and mature enough to where i can accept god's will yeah and use that to help someone else yeah rather than turn bitter and non-productive yeah because because I, I mean in hard circumstances everybody prays for the positive and it's almost like when things go wrong they want to know why god didn't do what they were asking and like i said and this is nothing again like we want the positive to happen. Absolutely. We always Absolutely. pray as a church, and I, me and I, we always pray for the positive to happen. But think about this. Jesus was in the garden right there, and he had all power within him to just say, okay, I'm not doing this. But instead, he said, Father, let your will be done. All right, so what was the Father's will? Jesus would die on the cross, and he said, all right, I'll drink this cup. And guess what? Jesus took a beating guys listen the romans were professionals at punishing people and so the way that they punished him was you know when he was whipped they knew how many times to whip a person before they die they knew how to put him on the cross you know so they wouldn't instantly die and they would absolutely be punished and so jesus could have said you know father get me out of this you know he could have 
But he said, if it be so, you know, let this pass. And he says, ultimately, Father, let your will be done. And so he accepted what was getting ready to happen. Absolutely. Legions of angels. Yeah, they could have. All he had to do was just speak the word. Yeah. And and so, you know, when the opposite happens, God gets glory from it. You know, when people pass on, you know, a lot of times, of course, we we never want to see. It's like... Uh, my grandmother. I want to. I'll speak from my own life. You know, my my mom's mom. We we loved her. Oh my gosh, she was amazing. But she battled cancer for a long time, and it got to the point where obviously we prayed for healing. But as time went on, the prayer changed, and it was like, Lord, let Your will be done. And here's the thing: we read this in the New Testament about the resurrection of the dead and the passing on of the soul and all of these things. And so, okay, so she passed away. Okay, but now she gets to rest, and she gets to. Have just have that you know that peaceful rest, and she gets to pass on. Okay, so now she's not dealing with cancer anymore. God receives the glory because another saint has passed on. And one of these days, when the resurrection of the body takes place, well, she'll get a whole new body, and she'll she won't have cancer in it. And so God receives the glory from that. I went through the same situation with my dad. Yeah, uh, minister to him. Uh, shout out to all you caregivers out there. Uh, love you, praying for you. Uh, witnessed him go from a battle that uh, a tough man, that, uh, I mean a man's man, not scared of nothing. Uh, fighter, like, if you've ever met a fighter, my dad was one. Yeah. To, to the point that our prayer changed, and yeah. it was a point where a peace come over me that nature, human nature, can't produce. It had yeah. to be from God. Where when my prayer changed and my dad's time got shortened and finally uh yeah god took him i understand now man he is right where he's tried his whole life to get he's there now it's a reality to him you know he's he's a good godly man he raised his kids uh six of us single income family one one job he worked hard supported us we had everything we ever needed and taught us right from wrong raised us in church a good godly man and now the end of his life he's where he always wanted to be yeah he ran the race yep and the race was over and he completed it finished well just like your grandmother yeah and i think too and this is uh i'll I'll speak of this example and then we can kind of transition to the end of this verse um there's a guy i used to go to church with who you know he had cancer um his name was paul and man i love this guy but it was interesting because, like, he would ask for prayer. And we prayed over him. We prayed for him. We wanted him to be healed. But he would still say, God's going to receive the glory. And he would testify about how God was so good for him, to him and for him. And, I mean, this guy had cancer, but he didn't let it defeat him. I mean, me and the, we climbed a mountain together. Like, he was, on, he was like, God will deliver me. God is for me. God, and all these things. And he always was so positive about how good God was, even though life was hard for him. And ultimately, man, I'm telling you, God received glory from that. And ultimately, you know, when cancer got the best of him, he he is resting. Yep. He he is better off where he is now than where he was. But see, that's the thing. He prayed for God's will to be done, and he sought that. But here's the thing. He glorified God through all of that. And so God can receive glory whether someone makes it through and something good happens or maybe the opposite happens. God can still receive glory. And so we have to pray, Father, let your kingdom come, but ultimately let your will be done. And then he says on earth. So we've pretty much hit that. You know, here on this earth, we need to pray for God's will to be done. You know, prophecy, salvation, the church, our own lives. We want to be in the will of God. But then he says in heaven. And I have a verse that I was going to read, and it's Psalms 103.20. And it says, Bless the Lord, O you, uh, his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. So there's this essence where we pray for God's will to be done in earth, but then it says, as it is in heaven. So God is the ultimate creator. God is the ultimate powerful source. And in heaven, his will is being completed up there. They obey him. They do what he says. Even when you think about, you know, angels would come to visit mankind and do these things. God's will was being complete up there, and it was being complete down here. And so, uh, just as it is in heaven, we should pray for it to be like that on earth. And so now, let's go to verse 11, and this will be our wrap-up. This will be our last verse. Um, So it says, Give us this our daily 
bread. Now, we kind of hit on this last week, but Alan, you want to start us off on this? So when it talks about daily bread, and again, me talking about my simplistic mindset of how I uh, viewed the Scripture early on, uh, God don't let me go hungry. God feed me. And this scripture is, this verse is so much more than filling my belly up. This scripture is about sustaining me and not just physically, but giving me everything I need from the food to the clothes to the air in my lungs uh, to everything that I need. God provides that for me and that goes back to verse one where we reverence him and we recognize that he is the giver of all these things and he's the source of our existence so when we we say give us this day our daily bread hey i don't know very many of us that can't go to the refrigerator and find enough to sustain us for a day or two yeah Uh, god's been good to us well you say well i worked hard and i've i've got to bless you i'm proud of you I'm, i'm glad you've got a good job i'm glad you go to work Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Yeah. But don't get the mindset that that's owed to you, yeah. that you deserve that. God's blessed you, and he gave you the ability to work. He gave you yeah. the strength to get out of the bed and dress yourself and gave you the job that you've got. And uh, that understanding that uh, God give us this day our daily bread, I mean, he's the provider. He's the one that gives it to us. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm pulling, I have one text pulled up, but I'm going to pull up um, another text as well. But even when you think about Job, uh, Job would say this in Job 23 12. He would say, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. And so when he's talking about the commandments of his lips, you know, he, he's referring and he's longing for God. Mm-hmm. And he says that he cherishes the commandment of his lips and he treasures the words of his mouth more than his portion of the food. bread of life, the bread of life. <laughs> and I know this is maybe you're thinking, well, but this is in the Old Testament. Well, guys, they clung to absolutely. Listen, go read Psalms, literally Psalms one cha- chapter one. You, it talks about delighting in the commandments. When we go back to this uh, concept of how do we how do how do we survive through a situation where God's will is not our will? How do how do we how do we maintain our spiritual health and well being? How do we uh, stay active in the sanctification process? This is it, guys. Yeah. This is it. I mean, you look at give us this day our daily bread, not just food, but give us this day our daily word give us this day what we need to hear from you speak to our heart god afresh tell us what you want to do help us listen put somebody in our path yeah that we need to share a kind word to to say hello say how you doing what's going on in your life to be kind to to show godly love to this day man life god's got a whole lot in store for us we just need to be in a spiritual condition where our eyes are open and we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, and, and two, you know, there's just this similarity between physical hunger and spiritual hunger. You, I mean, you've already said this. I'm just kind of echoing it again. You know, you wake up every day and you, you eat. You should eat. You're probably hungry at some point. And if you have groceries... Some of us too much. Yeah, that's, I'm with you on that sometimes. <laughs> sometimes... Uh, but you, you wake up, and if you have groceries in your cabinet, in your pantry, all right, give it, Lord, give us this our daily bread. All right, God, think about this. God has supplied daily bread for you maybe for a week's worth. Maybe, I mean, he could it could all be taken away the next day. So there's a sense that we pray for our daily bread, but we also should be thankful for our daily bread. And if we have rations or if we have supplies that last more than one day, we need to be thankful for that and realize who's allowed us to have that. But then, you know, as your belly physically hungries, I, I think your soul spiritually hungries for the Word of God. And Alan hit that. You know, if we go multiple days without hearing the Word of God, um, listening. I mean, when you think about the Word of God, like, you read it, but you can listen to it. I mean, podcasts, sermons, listen. Something about the Word of God you can eat and you can, you know, survive on. But every day we should be in it. Now, uh, you know, like for me, I, I'm here throughout the week. Some weeks I study. I mean, just study days. Some weeks, we're out and about doing stuff. Some weeks, it's technical days, media days. But it's like my Bible app on my phone sends me a verse, and I read that. I feed off that, and I think about it. 
some days it convicts me the, what the word says. Someday it intrigues me to think about stuff. Or if I listen to podcasts, I feed off that. I mean, I was listening to podcasts today. Uh, I actually listened to a sermon today. Uh, one a preacher I really Charles Lawson. He's from Knoxville. I think it's Temple Baptist. And I mean, he was preaching on Solomon, and Solomon said in his heart, "All is vanity." You know, I fed on that. Wow, life is empty without without God. So you can feed on, on the Word with you know by listening to things or hearing some sort of scripture. Absolutely. And uh, when we as uh, we get rolling in this podcast. Man, keep those questions coming. Keep that feedback oh, yeah. coming because that's what pushes me and Hunter. Keep it Absolutely. When we when we sit down and we start planning, yeah. uh, what what's what's this week? What's next week? And we're 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 moving through that as the feedback comes in. That pushes us to be studied up, be prepared, and, and to be uh, in a position where we can maybe shed a little light on some of these topics. Yep, and, that, and that's what we love, guys, is being able to help you guys. Um, and, you know, we've been talking about prayer. Next week, we'll, we'll kind of end right here. So next week, we're going to finish out the Lord's Prayer. Um, and so, you know, forgive us, you know, our, our transpat, all of those things. Uh, we'll finish that out. We're going to talk about the prayer of repentance as well next week because, I mean, that's per- it's right in there. Um, and then after that, episode four, uh, we're praying, we're talking, we're going to continue with prayer. Uh, but also, here's something to keep in the back of your mind. Here in the next few weeks, couple weeks maybe, we might take a little break from the, our topic of prayer. And we, I believe Pastor Jason's yeah. going to come in, and we're going to talk about biblical evidences of a true conversion. And maybe you hear that and you're like, what does that mean? Basically, we're going to look at the scriptures and talk about what true conversion looks like and what it produces. That's right. That's and, right. And I know he's super excited. We're super excited. We are. We uh, are. To be able to have a conversation with him about that stuff. Uh, and so, guys, hey, that's all we have for you this week. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, let us know your questions. Let us know your feedback. One quick analogy. Uh, I've always heard that seven days makes one week, W-E-E-K. Uh, seven days without prayer makes one week, W-E-A-K. So please <laughs> say your prayers this week. Oh gosh, stay a hey, don't get weak on us, friends. So hey, we love y'all. Um, again, feedback, email us media at watsonschapel.net. So this is uh so long from Hunter Allen. Thanks for listening. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. See ya.